Uh, hello and welcome to ISIS uh, podcast where we highlight the, the key energy events of the week. Uh, this week we're actually going to be looking mainly at the Shell takeover of BG. There was a final shareholder vote this week. Um, with me is Ed Cox, our LNG editor. Hello, Ed. Hi, Isabel. I suppose the first question is, what is the immediate outlook now for for the two companies as the, the takeover will, will is supposed to be final um, next month? That's right, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, the shareholder votes were expected to go through, and they did both go through. So BG yesterday on Thursday and Shell on Wednesday, quite overwhelmingly in the case of BG. So this means that both companies will, will effectively trade as one unit from the middle of February, from the 15th of February, with a few um, formalities really just before the deal is closed out. Um, and actually next week will be an interesting week because we'll get Shell's full year results from 2015 coming out on the 4th of February. So there'll be a few formalities to come through, uh, but the hard work is done in terms of the coming together and the takeover. It's, it's run about as well as both companies could have hoped for since it was announced uh, in April of last year. And now really the tough work in terms of making it work as a single company, bringing these two massive oil and gas producers um, and traders effectively together, that hard work is just about to begin. Yes. Just thinking about that, are we expecting to see any kind of immediate news on measures like cost cutting, for instance? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Shell's been quite vocal in the last few months, obviously, as you'd expect, about the, the sums of money that it plans to, to cut costs on after the deal. They, they've talked to something in the cost uh, in the realm, realms of $7 billion in terms of cost reduction, um, $8 billion uh, of cuts in investment, and, and a lot of jobs to go um, between the two companies. I expect there might be a little bit more flavour about that next week. Now obviously this, this takeover is coming at a time of very low oil and gas prices anyway where there is an environment of the need to cut costs and cut jobs. Um, and typically when you see this kind of big merger or acquisition activity, cost cutting is a, is a top element. So the market will be expecting that. And there will certainly be questions about how these two companies just operate, how they how they work with each other's production and consumer base and vessel fleet, they're clearly going to be in a strong position, you'd expect at some point, but it could be a very difficult path to get to that point. You mentioned cost-cutting on investments, what is that likely to mean for supply? Well, we're already in a market where new investment decisions in production are not likely with oil at $30 and, and LNG prices at the lowest in, in, over, well, in over six years almost seven years um, currently. So the projects that are both BG and Shell were looking at, the likes of uh, potential Australian expansions or US or Canadian LNG plants, were already a little bit on the back burner. And, and realistically, as a market as a whole, I don't expect to see one or more or one or two or more than that um, new LNG production, production plants getting signed off this year. Um, actually. You know, BG and Shell are in a good position in terms of new production coming to line into the market anyway, because BG started their QC LNG plant in Australia last year, and um, BG will start lifting US volumes from Sabine Pass later this year. Um, Shell's stake in Gorgon in West Australia should realise some cash soon, because Gorgon's going to start up in the next month or two. So they've already made investments that we'll see them realize more cash flows but unfortunately in the current oil environment thirty dollars is not the kind of sum that, that, that these you know these plants were 
built to uh, to work around. What's the ripple effect for the LNG market now? Is is there one? Um, certainly, there's just a lot of interest. How how all this works? You know, there's, there's there's not been anything like this in terms of the scale. We're creating the biggest single LNG aggregator as a, a private company. You know, we, I looked on our edge product, and they, they currently control something like 50 vessels between them. So, so in terms of uh, reducing the distance between export and import terminal, between them as a seller and their buyers, um, they're going to be in a very strong position. They're going to be able to really optimize uh, cargo movements, which is a really important part of the market going forward in, in these periods of low margins. Um, so in some ways, it could be good news for buyers, have a more local production source, whether they want a contract from BG or Shell before, um, and it will, will could put other um, producers under pressure or mean that they need to look at their cost structures um, more. But I do think it's just going to take time, uh, months, maybe years, before we really understand how they're going to make this, this new massive company work. Do you think that there will be any effect on liquidity at all? Just thinking if you have uh, two big ones acting as one. It, it's always it is always a, it's always a concern. But but what I would say there is there is so much new production already coming online that's been signed off five ten years ago in terms of U.S. production, particularly from the East Coast, um, other production from Australia, and this kind of growing mix geographically in terms of buyers um, on the one hand, and on, on the other you have more merchant traders, you know, companies like Vitol, Trafficker, or Gunvor who are stepping in to the market. I think the liquidity there is growing anyway, just because there's such a fundamental oversupply, uh, and it's really for BG and Shelter to work out how they can keep themselves at the top of the market and manage their costs while this liquidity around them continues to, continues to grow because of the fundamental um, oversupply. Many thanks, Ed. I think that's all we have time for now, but we will obviously continue to be writing about this. For more news on LNG and other energy commodities, please visit our website, uh, isis.com. Uh, my name is Isabel Sabe. I'm the Managing Editor. I was speaking to Ed Cox, uh, our LNG Editor. Many thanks. Bye.